0: Hi there and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and i look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Keep it going, keep it going. Give yourself a little wriggle. Get excited. Not for me. Get excited because I have got a really encouraging word for you today. Do you feel it? Can you feel the energy? Can you feel my energy? I am excited. It is a great time to be part of Manningham Christian Centre. Who already believes that? All right, you're going to believe that even more by the end of this message. I am truly excited. I got into the prayer meeting this morning and the first thing I said is, I'm excited! And everybody went, Okay, good. And then they got excited. And I'm hoping that this excitement is contagious today because I've got a good word. Who would agree that over the last six, maybe even 12 months, there's been quite a strong call to prayer. More prayer, more prayer. I've heard Matt say it. I've heard members of the church say it. Lorna has said it to me at Care It'd be really great to pray. And as a response to that, about middle of last year, the staff of MCC, so at that time it was Matt, Rose and I, were there on a Thursday and we decided that we would put time aside every Thursday to pray. It didn't matter if it was half an hour or five minutes or 10 minutes, but we just were pushing a priority of prayer in our work week. Cool? It has been awesome. I'm going to tell you something that I probably shouldn't say from up here, but it's just true. If you had said to me 12 to 18 months ago, how do you feel about prayer meeting? I would have kind of gone, snooze. Sorry, I'm really sorry, but I was a bit like, oh, like there's this knowledge in me that knows we need to pray, yeah? But there was this other bit in me that was like, I don't really want to go to a prayer meeting. I'm sorry, I'm not even going to ask if I'm alone because I know that I'm not, but I don't want you to identify yourselves because it's not flattering, okay? But look, take comfort in I was there. But we have been putting... That's not good. No, <laughs> we, that's not good, don't do that, no. Um, but we, so we've been putting this time aside every Thursday, just after lunch. And about mid last year, we were praying and God has been meeting with us. We've been meeting with God and God has been meeting with us. And he brought about this real sense of repentance. I know it was super heavy for me and the repentance was about, don't ever be too busy to pray don't ever be too busy to pray and in the prayer meetings since then every time no not every time but a lot i will say i will say lord i am not too busy to pray partly because i know how true it is now because now i'm so excited about prayer because i am seeing the momentum and the the engagement and the participation that we have with god when we choose to put intentional time aside for him, yeah? But at that time, I had this sense of repentance that was so heavy that I felt like, you know when you've done something wrong and like you really know you've done something wrong? Like, I don't know, even if it's accidental wrong, like you've woken up at the time that you were meant to be at a meeting. You know that sick feeling where you go... That's how it feels for me. My stomach goes, and I can start to feel a bit teary because I feel so sorry. And that is how deep the repentance was in that moment. God was saying, never be too busy to pray. Because the truth is, you can be too busy to pray. It's totally possible. And if you have that bit in your in your mind that says I'm too busy to pray right now, I can't do that. I can't I can't get up at 9:30 in the morning because I'm too busy to pray. I can't stop in my workday because I'm too busy to pray. You don't have a time problem. You have a priorities problem. And that's not what I'm speaking about today. That one's just for free. Okay? So just take that away with you and think about it later. But the point of what I'm saying is our prayer times have been so exciting. Our prayer times have been dynamic. The morning prayer times have been setting the tone for just my own participation in the church, let alone the broader spiritual impact it's having. I want you to really think about prioritising some prayer in your life and there are opportunities here to pray. One of them is 9.30 in the morning. Here, grab a coffee first if you need or just turn up with your eyes hanging out of your head. That's okay. Sometimes I turn up without makeup and I do it in the bathroom. It's true, guys. Just prioritise that. This week in the prayer meeting, and this is what I'm speaking about today and I'm, I'm so excited about this. This week in the prayer meeting, God clearly spoke to me and he said, you are, we are, Manningham Christian Centre is in the breakthrough now. We are in the breakthrough now. You can clap for that because if you already believe that, that is great. You are in the breakthrough now. And in this morning's prayer meeting, a word came out that that today we're not called, God is not calling you today to change your position He is calling you today to change your perspective because we are in the breakthrough right now. You just need to see it. And when God said you are in the breakthrough right now, it made me go, are we? Because we as a church have had prophetic words for 10 plus years, have you heard the ministers come here or our own ministers say, it's coming, the breakthrough is coming, the doors are going to open, heaven is going to open, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's coming, it's coming. Have you heard that? Yeah. Has anyone heard that and it's felt like you've heard it one too many times and you're like, great, I would really like it to stop coming and be here. It is here. It is here. My mistake has been that when I have heard a prophetic word about change and good things that are coming and breakthrough, my mistake is that I think I thought that I'd be here one day waiting and then I'd go and I'm here. I thought the breakthrough would swoosh through like 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 the Melbourne weather changes right? Like it's sunny and I'm in a single and shorts and um, it's clear skies and then there's one warning wind and all of a sudden there's, it's rain and it's overcast and I'm like, I'm wearing the wrong thing. That's how I thought change was going to come. Whoosh, it's here. That's not how change came. The other day, Jack's about to go back to tennis and one of the mums said to me, when we're talking about the first game back, she said, oh, has Jack grown over the holidays? Because he's a tall lad, yeah? He's a handsome lad. Should I keep going on about it? No. But he's a tall lad, right? And she said, has he grown over the holidays? And I kind of went, well, logically, yeah. Yeah, sure, he must have, right? And then I stopped and thought about it, went, well, hang on my bank balance would tell me that he's grown because I just had to fork out for a whole lot of new uniforms that he's grown out of. And he came out the other day with a sports top on and said, Mum, my sports tops are getting a bit small. But I look at the lad every day. And so it took me a minute to to recognise the evidence of the growth because, you know, it's like over six months I go like this. And I don't realise I'm standing like, you know what I'm saying? Change is incremental. I 100% believe in the miraculous, immediate, indisputable change that God can bring in an instant. I believe in instant freedom. I truly do. But I also kind of think that it is the exception and not the norm. You don't live in immediate, miraculous breakthrough every time you need it. You have to walk it. I can't remember the context, but I, was, I came across a journal entry of mine. I don't journal a lot, but every now and then I do. And I came across a journal entry of mine from a few years ago. cannot remember what we were talking about, but it was a quote that my dad said. And he said, Kelly, sometimes we have to walk through the practical before we get to our miracle. And I, if that goes on social media, that has to be Ron Reinton, because he said that, not me. I just wrote it in a book. But it's so true. So let me ask you this. If five years ago, somebody stood on this platform and said to you as Manningham Christian Centre, within five years, you will have paid off the building and need more space so you'll hire the office upstairs you will have a youth group that is growing and dynamic and regular and structured. You will have more volunteers. You will have more staff members in the church. You will have a charity that feeds 200 individuals, minimum a week, supports eight other charities, moves two to three tonne of food a week, and has brought in almost half a million dollars within that five years. Would you have sat there five years ago and gone, yeah, bring it. Don't know how you're going to bring it, but it's coming. I want to tell you, that's where you are today. You are in the breakthrough today. The things that all those ministers and God spoke to all those ministers are happening right now. And you could sit here and look around this room and go, there's still not very many people here. And you could be disheartened by that, or you could go, despite the fact that we have not got many bottoms on seats, we have still, God has still achieved all of that, because it doesn't matter if there's five people sitting here, or if there's 50 or 500 people sitting here. If God wills it to happen, it will happen, and it has happened. It is happening. Are you encouraged? Can you see how you are right now sitting in the breakthrough? Did you realise how much you were sitting in the breakthrough? I didn't until Thursday when God said, hey, you are in the breakthrough right now. Isn't that exciting? This is why I'm so excited. (laughs) Because we have to... Recognise the first part of having breakthrough journey. Because I don't really believe that we just have breakthrough. We journey breakthrough. We journey salvation. We go from grace to grace to grace. Oh, I'm starting to dance. That's how excited I am, right? But part of journeying breakthrough is recognising breakthrough. I am a social worker and have been for 20 years, and I have worked with people in very difficult situations. Family violence, cycles of addiction, mental health. I am not, as a professional, inclined to work towards the breakthrough. I know that if you're working through mental health or addiction, you're not going to be addicted or depressed one day and, oh, free and rehabilitated the next day without a miracle of God. And even with a miracle of God, you still have to journey the breakthrough. So it doesn't really matter if it happens immediately or if it happens in five years, because you have to journey it on a daily basis anyway. And sometimes I think that it is in the journeying the stacking, the building that when you realise you're in breakthrough, it's going to last more because you've trained for it. You've built up for it. When you get a miracle of God, you may not have the habits to continue to walk in that. You may not have the lifestyle and be making the decisions or the investments in your life to be walking in that. And I believe it happens and I believe it can be sustained, but I believe that maybe it takes just as much energy to catch up on all that learning and change as it does to do it the other way around and walk into it. And we have walked into the breakthrough. We are here right now. In Deuteronomy 6.12, it says, I'll read it. It says, Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of slavery. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you into financial security of owning your own building as a church. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought and developed a charity to give you more influence and reach and be more meaningful and and important to the community. Be careful not to forget where we were. Because five years ago, if we had a a side-by-side comparison, wow, what a miraculous journey we have been on. In Joshua, when they were crossing the Jordan, they actually got to the other side and God said, send 12 fellas back to pick up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan Jordan, and then bring them back. So they went forward, then they went back, then they went forward again and erect a monument so that your children will say, what's the stone stack about? And you can say, we were once slaves. And... And not just we were once slaves, we escaped slavery by walking straight through the Jordan without getting wet. So not only do you need to remember the breakthrough, and I'm talking in the context of being part of this church, but when we have new people come and join the church, you tell them, did you know that in the last five years we've done something that, that really resonates with you? For me, Within the last five years, we have built an entire charity? That's going to be like encouraging and interesting and an amazing testimony. We have to recognize the breakthrough that we as a people are walking in. And the other side of it is we need to bring it down to us individually and recognise the breakthrough that you are walking in every day. Because I wanna tell you that your situation will change in an instant overnight, but I don't really believe that that is the most likely way your breakthrough is coming. So if you're walking through hardship or difficulty, and maybe, maybe it's mental health and you just can't, it's really hard to get out of bed, and the motivation is really low, but you turn up to church that morning, or maybe you just scale it back and even you just get up and get dressed that morning, you have to recognise the breakthrough. It is enough. It is enough for that day. Recognise the breakthrough. Let us read to Peter chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 3. We are in the breakthrough We need to recognise the breakthrough and this is how we're going to continue to journey the breakthrough. Do you feel motivated? I get really loud when I'm excited, don't I? I know, just someone will turn me down, it's fine, because I'm going to start shouting. All right, let me read, I'm just going to read this whole passage and then we'll break it into bits. I'm reading from the NIV. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. I like it already. Through these, He has given us very great and precious promises so that through them, so through the promises, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self control, and to self control, perseverance. To perseverance, add godliness. To godliness, add mutual affection. To mutual affection, add love. For if you possess these qualities, in increasing measure they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Sometimes we say that there's no manual for life, but that really sort of seemed like a bit of a manual. In that first bit, let me just lay the foundation for this. In that first bit, he says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Now, there is no shame or condemnation in God. And if you are not living your best godly life, this is not about making you feel rubbish about that. This is about giving you hope and saying, what you need is within reach because that's one of God's promises. He has given us everything we need for a godly life. And that might just be knowledge. Through these, he has given us very great precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature. So when you know the promises of God, when you believe them, that is going to encourage you and motivate you to engage in divine life, in divine nature, in godliness. Yes? Does that make sense? It's through the understanding that you have hope in the promises of God that you can feel motivated to enter into the divine nature and that will keep you out of trouble says it'll keep you away from the evil desires and nature of the world, the rubbish that the world serves up and says, this is good, have that. That Those promises and that divine nature will keep you away from that. And so for this very reason, make every effort to add these things. I want to stop there for a second. In Hebrews 6, 10 to 12, It talks about, actually, and in the New King James Version, this chapter in Hebrews is called The Perils of Not Progressing. (laughs) I think, actually, if it was narrated, they would say it like that too. But in it, it talks about In in chapter in verse 10, it says that God won't forget the good things you've done for him because you love him. So we do all these things. We we are here right now listening to a message and entering into worship because we love him. But it says that it wants us to put the same amount of energy, diligence into understanding the full assurance of hope. Now, these are only slightly separate things. This verse is saying, yes, love God. Because loving God is a now thing. When you love God in your today, you want to go to church, you want to worship, you want to serve each other, you want to do that because it is an expression of your love to God. Yes? This is saying, put just as much energy into all of that doing in the name of love into exploring the full expression of his hope. So love God now fiercely, but hope in God fiercely. We put a lot of emphasis on serving and worshipping and now and loving, right? But we have to put a lot of emphasis also in the hope in the promises of God, in the hope of our future, in the understanding that he's creating a heavenly room for us that beyond our earthly life so that we keep moving forward. Because at the start of chapter six, it basically says in Hebrews, it basically says, you have to like, don't keep laying down the foundation of repentance. Don't keep laying down the foundation of laying on of hands. All those things are good and we do them because we love God today, but move through them. In the message, it says, let's stop finger painting with God and move on to the master artwork. You can love God today and be serving and pleasing God's heart, but have neglected to remember the hope for your future. And you can fall into a trap that's not super unhealthy. It's just a little maybe stagnant. And I think when we stop moving forward, we start moving backwards. And so if you're just all about serving and loving and worshipping and not remembering that... Actually, the hope for your future is that you are progressing because glory to glory is a forward momentum. All that faith to goodness to knowledge is forward momentum. If you're just staying in, I love God, it's enough for me to come to church. It's enough for me to serve on the roster. It's enough for me to just love God. You're actually missing out on the fullness, because God is eternal. He brought you out of your past, he restores you, he holds you in your present day, and he moves you into a great eternal hope, a great future, all the promises. And also, he will move you in breakthrough every single season of your life. So how? It starts with faith. We have faith in God. At that moment of salvation, we, we become aware that there is God and we actually need God in our life. And that also I don't think is instant. That's a journey too. But when we get there and say, God, we need you. I have faith in you. I want to follow you. I repent. That's that, yeah? And that's, that's a small mustard seed of faith. And it says, add goodness to that. I do think that generally when people find salvation, they recognise God is true and they start reading the Bible, that they do have a genuine want and desire to be good. I want to live a better life. I want to be a good person. We were designed for goodness. You cannot stop there. Intention is not breakthrough. It is a very low level foundation of breakthrough. So from that desire to be good, then we seek knowledge. Super practical. When I want to seek knowledge about how to do that really confusing knitting stitch that's come next in my jumper, I go to YouTube, I go to the internet, I search it all up, I watch the videos, I practise it on something else and then I keep going on with knitting my jumper. It is the same. Your intention to be a good person and to live a good life needs to be paired with your pursuit of knowledge. And there's so much knowledge in the word. And we have so much access to uh, like Bible teachings and sermons and podcasts and books. And you do have to have a bit of discernment and wisdom about the source of the information you know, but you can do that. Or if you're unsure, you can speak to Julie or Matt or myself or someone you trust in the church about where would I get this knowledge? Where would I get a bit more knowledge about forgiveness? Where would I get a bit more knowledge about who I am in Christ? But once you have that knowledge, this is no fun. Add to that self-control. God, that's no fun. But self-control... When you know better, you do better. And that's why self-control is stacked on top of knowledge. And that's why, as well, we can't hold the rest of the world or individuals in our life who don't know better accountable. You're just going to, like, crush them, you know? So you have to add that knowledge to self-control. And when you add self-control, that's when you're like, okay, this is right, I understand it now, I know better, so I'm going to do better. So I'm going to change something in my week to do it like the staff on a Thursday, regardless of how much how busy we are, we're going to stop and pray on a Thursday. That is us exercising self-control now that we have the knowledge that, frankly, we probably should have known better anyway, really, like we're mature Christians, but we have to stop and pray, okay? Okay? And then, perseverance. This is where I sometimes fall down, guys. I really like to be good at something straight away. It's 100% a character flaw that I am aware of now that I'm in my 40s. If I'm not good at it immediately, or let's say within 48 hours, I don't want to do it. Sorry. Sorry. It is a journey. This is all journey language. So from knowledge, you add self-control. You make changes, small changes. And with those small changes, you persevere. You stack your habits. You stack your decisions in a positive direction. Today, I'm going to get up, get dressed and eat breakfast. That's maybe where some people are at. Today I am going to read my Bible, even if it's just, and I think you can start as small as you like, because if you understand that you are looking forward in the hope of God and you are walking in breakthrough and you're going to stack it like how many steps are in a journey... You can make your self-control decision as small as you like. Maybe you know that you need more Word in your life, so you're going to sign up to the Bible app and it's going to send you a notification on your phone every day that just gives you a verse. Is that better than nothing? Is it better than nothing? Is one verse in the Bible, does that hold enough power to change your life in some way? Is it good for you? So is there any shame in starting there? No. Start there. Don't stay there, but start there. Stay there until you're like, okay, yes, I like this. And then maybe you go to a chapter a day. I don't know. You make your own progression with God. But perseverance. Maybe you have to be more patient. Maybe you have to be slower to anger. Maybe you need some self-control around how much social media or TV or books or whatever it is that you consume. Maybe you need self-control around food intake. I don't know. There's so many things that require self-control. Do you believe that? I know. Do it. And persevere with it, because when you have the faith in God, when you understand the promises of God, when you believe that you keep making one small positive decision, one more step towards God every single day, you believe that you're walking into breakthrough. You know that you won't stay in this spot. You'll just inch your way forward to glory, to glory, to glory. Just inch your way. Maybe glory to glory is like, That far? I don't know. After perseverance comes godliness. And that's because once you set a habit, anything that you do repetitively and regularly will will neurologically change your brain. It will shape your character. And your character will shape your actions and your actions will shape your life. Do you believe that? Yeah. So anything, anything, good or bad, anything you do repetitively and, you know, consistently will do that to you. And that is a wonderful thing because you can make a lot of small decisions and go in a positive direction or you can have three donuts every day for breakfast and go in a different direction, yeah? You can consume just a little bit of inappropriate content on the internet every day and feed that direction. You can hold on to negative thoughts and have that front of mind. You can just go, yeah, but I'm not worth it every day. And go in that direction. But when you pair knowledge to self-control to perseverance, so and and that's in the direction of godliness, you're going to end up shaping your character. It's going to become easier. You're going to make the decisions that you want to make because you've persevered. And from godliness then comes mutual affection. And then comes love. I kind of think that once you start to get to progressing in godliness, and this is not an overall thing either. you could be having you could be godliness in this section of your life, but you might be back at needing knowledge at this part of your life yeah but but I kind of feel like once you hit godliness, mutual affection and love kind of boop, boop, yes. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so for that reason, I would say if you're a person that that hears about loving people and you go, Oh, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> maybe you just need to take a step back and go, Well, maybe I'm not at the love part of that journey. Maybe I'm at the mutual affection part of that journey. And then you go, but I don't even really like to be around people. Maybe we're at the godliness part of that journey. I kind of think if you're not loving people and not wanting to be around people, you're probably right back at the perseverance spot. And there's no shame in that. It's just, it's good to know where you are because the Bible gives you a way forward because we believe in the promises of God. We believe in walking through our breakthrough. We believe in godliness to godliness, glory to glory. So it's okay if you are right back at the knowledge stage, yeah? But maybe there's something in your life, I think self-control and perseverance are paired together. Maybe there's a small piece of self-control there that you know you really should be trying to do a bit better in that area, but you're not persevering with it. Maybe there's that. And maybe you just need to go to God and go, where do I need more self-control? Maybe you're holding on to unforgiveness. You know what, hurt people hurt people. And we, you forgive us, God, as we forgive others. Unforgiveness is such a block, as is unrepentance. It's such a block. Maybe you're even a bit further back than that and you go, well, I don't really know what I need more self-control in, so maybe you just need to seek more word. Maybe you need to speak to some people about how do I what, what where where are the barriers here for me? What what do I need to overcome to know better, to do better, to then make decisions, to then stick with it, to then get to godliness? Du-du-du. You know? It's easy to get stuck in those cycles. And even though we are in the breakthrough right now even though we are in the breakthrough right now, you can still get stuck in one in part of that cycle. Because maybe, like, I kind of, no, I, I, I solidly believe that we live in victory and that God is all around me and that he is progressing his plan through my life. I know that. But on Thursday when he said I was in, that we were in the breakthrough, that was, that was kind of news to me. Yeah, I missed it. I missed it. I went to sleep at the wheel for a moment. Um, But with that, that knowledge, that's knowledge. So I'm saying to you, you're in the breakthrough now. If you believe it, you have the faith. And if you generally want to continue to walk in the breakthrough, you want the goodness. Now you have the knowledge. So the next step in understanding that we are in the breakthrough now is the self-control. What does the self-control component look like when we recognise that we're in the breakthrough? Choose to participate, I would think, because remember Hebrews said it's not enough to just kind of love God. Like it's, it's good to love God. But if you're just loving God, you're missing out on the hope and the purpose and the forward and maybe some of the breakthrough get excited today think about the think about the journey that God's taken us on start to think about where you were 5 years ago 10 years ago 12 months ago and recognize the breakthrough today and with the knowledge that it's happened there's evidence there make further decisions and persevere with them. It is hard to put aside time to pray when you have a lot on your plate at work. It is hard to get up a bit earlier on a Sunday morning because we love a sleep in and I like a big breakfast. It is hard. No one's telling you it's gonna be easy. But what we are saying is that there are benefits that you will reap when you participate in the hope that God brings us. Small changes, small moments of self-control that you repeatedly do will lead to godliness, mutual affection and love. And you will... Be effective, effective, and productive. You will not be nearsighted. There will be a massive world. Do you know? I have travelled the breakthrough that is CareNet from a very intimate spot at the centre of it, really. I have travelled that, and my dreams are getting bigger. When I go, oh, We really kind of need to move the logistics out of this place so you can have a youth hall back um, but keep the food relief part, like keep very paired. But we need a building. I no longer go, how on earth are we going to do that? I don't do that. I go, yeah, we need a building. All right, sure, God, we need a building. Because you know what? When I articulated that we needed a van, The promises of God. He knows what he asked of you. He knows what he asked of us. He knows what he wants of us. He's not going to expect that without financing it, resourcing it, funding it. He knows that he wants you to live in health and breakthrough and freedom. He's not going to expect that of you and leave you alone. He's telling you the, the formula of how to do it. But sometimes we have to stop waiting for the miraculous and work in the practical because there is miracle in the practical by God's design. Stop waiting for the minister at the front or the local speaker to point to you and give you a prophetic word. Speak to God. Stop waiting for the skies to open and a dove to descend. Stop waiting for the storm front And start working on the practical. Have you ever heard that story about, and it's, it's, I don't think it's a true story, but have you ever heard that anecdotal story about the floods? There was a family in a flood and they crawled onto the top of their house, onto the roof of their house. Have you heard this story? And they go, God, help me. And along comes the SES boat. And he says, get on, I'll take you to safety. And they say, no, I'm waiting for God. And so the boat goes off. And then a helicopter comes over. We'll winch you up. We'll take you to safety. No. I'm waiting for my miracle. What? What? Real time, who's heard? Just pray about it. Just pray about it. I know you've got this massive thing going on in your life. Let's just pray about it. I'll pray for you. I'm not saying that that is not a valuable response. But by itself, what? Am I wrong? Like, I could be wrong. What do you think? Can you just say, say, I'll pray about it and not seek the knowledge that God might give you to enact some self-control and persevere and see change? Are you really going to just wait for God to hand it to you? In chapter 5 of Hebrews, Uh, Hebrews? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. At the end of chapter 5 of Hebrews, it says, you are meant to know this. You should be able to teach this. And yet, we have to keep telling you. I thought that you were ready for solids. You should be ready for solids, but you're still at consuming milk. Now, I'm not saying that of you, please don't think I'm saying that of you, but I am gonna challenge you if you are waiting for your miracle and not seeking knowledge and good character in your life and persevering with some positive changes. I will challenge that. I am not, I don't want anyone to feel condemned or, or shame. This is a message of hope because that is the truth. You might go, oh, I haven't been very proactive in getting to my miracle. I've sat there and waited for God to usher in the breakthrough. Maybe you've got a health concern. Oh, I don't even wanna say this, Lord. Oh, maybe you've got a health concern that is a little bit based around your weight and you're waiting for your miracle, but you should be getting up and walking a bit more. Oh, I don't even like the fact that I said that, to be honest, I I feel really yuck even saying that, but you know what, sometimes it's true. I'm really sorry that's true. <laughs> I don't even like that that's true. But God's going to, it's going to be pretty hard for God to bring a miracle to a body that's struggling under its own weight. It's going to be pretty hard for God to cure diabetes if you're having donuts for three meals or jello for. It, it's pretty hard. You've got to walk through the practical before you get to your miracle. Yep. We're experiencing our miracle. We're there, guys. This is actually a word to say, guys, you're here, you're in it. As a group, I don't know what's happening for you individually, but as a group, the word is, we're here. We're in the breakthrough. So let's encourage you to keep participating, to keep working out where the small decisions are, to keep the momentum going, to keep the glory flowing, to keep working towards godliness. But you're there, so well done. We have seen breakthrough. We've done something right. We have. It's easy to go, oh, we mustn't have done anything right because there's still lots of empty chairs here. No! No! I'm going to wrap up. What am I going to wrap up with? How am I going to wrap this up, Lord? What I want you to take away from today, I want you to see we are in the breakthrough as a church. I want that to frame how you feel and talk and act about the church. I hope that you're excited that we are bearing witness. I'm not wrapping up. I've got one more point. One more point, when you're walking through this process, I cannot leave this last point off. When you start with faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, that's all to do with you. And then God turns us outwards, mutual affection and love. You also can't work or walk your breakthrough all the way to its completion without a turning out. God's not going to keep you just working on yourself because you are blessed to be a blessing. You have an abundance in your life that is more than enough than what you need. And in this process, you work on yourself for five or six steps until you get to godliness that starts to turn you looking out, seeing the worth in others, seeing the need in others, loving others, and you go out. And you know how you go out? You testify. You testify. You say, once I was trapped in that, once our church had a big debt, once I suffered with mental health issues, true story, I did. Testify to the small goodness. Did you know that I've been diligently, that we've been praying and we're seeing momentum? Did you know that I'm reading my Bible right more now more? More now? Whatever, you know what I mean? I'm excited, I can't even talk now, but I'm seeing change. Testify to the small things, just bring hope. That's what testifying is, it's bringing hope and basically saying, this has been done, God's done this with me and he can do it for you. Testify. That's where I want to end. So today, I want you to see that we're in the breakthrough. Start thinking about your own personal breakthrough. Identify the evidence of the breakthrough around you. Recognize it, believe it, walk in it, and choose to participate in it. Don't stop in it. Participate in it because we need to put just as much energy into understanding the hope for our future as we do loving God. Do you believe it? Are you excited? Because we're going to worship now and I think that this is a great time to worship now because you are going to walk into the presence of God. You are opening your heart up to God and a change is going to come. The Word is going to sink into you. I want you to believe for it. You are reaching your hand out to God in worship and He was already reaching His hand down to you. Touch God, believe God, get a fresh Word and walk in breakthrough.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your savior, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, We would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story.
0: Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected. We will all need some good news. And we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.